The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that the first three Academy Awards were actually given to armadillos? That's right. In the early 1940s, it was popular to insert armadillo characters for comic relief, but it became a victim of its own success. The armadillos were so popular that they quickly overshadowed their human counterparts, and the SAG had to get involved, which everyone knows SAG stands for the Screen Armadillos Guild. <laughs> they don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's a dark and embarrassing time. <laughs> I did not know that. All right. So for more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 22 through 24 of Path of Daggers, book uh, 8 of The Wheel of Time. Why do I have trouble remembering that? <laughs> Which book it is? Previously... Egwene starts by settling a bunch of grouchy Andoran and Mirandian nobles and, still riding that high, rounds out the day by declaring herself the wartime dictator of the rebel Aes Sedai. The other Aes Sedai don't seem super stoked about it, but you know, in a dictatorship it doesn't really matter what the rabble thinks, so everything's fine. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, NDA is walking to Camelin for some dumb reason. Like, we didn't spend eight books learning to teleport, so we didn't have to deal with this shit, but whatever, here we are. Uh, finally, Rand is gathering a bunch of his least favorite people together for what is beginning to look suspiciously like a slaughter party. I guess none of them have caught on to that yet. You know, you'd think there would be someone there who'd be like, oh, hey, it's that guy whose cousin was a usurper to the crown. And, oh, that lady who was organizing a rebel group. And, oh, hey, that's John Backstabbington. He's actually a really nice guy, but he has a really unfortunate name. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I mean, like nobody's caught <laughs> yeah. on to this. You know, if you look at Rand's enemies list and you make a list of the people in this clearing right now, there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> there's a lot, of, but but nobody seems to have twigged to it. Even though surely, surely someone there knows all that, right? They've all got spies. Mm -hmm. So, chapter twenty-two: Gathering Clouds. Icon of the what's the the Shanshan leash called? The Adam. Adam. The Adam. Yeah. So, are you guys ready for some battles? <laughs> oh, finally, right? We got some battles. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because we, we start with Rand preparing here and it occurs to me that his dragon scepter is going to be a whole lot less impressive than Shan Chan. They're going right, to be like, why are you waving around a piece of one of our broken spears? Does yeah, he know we've got like a bunch of those like a, back a home? a fancy spear. I know, it's just like a normal schlub spear. <laughs> well, it's to remind me that you guys are out there and they're like, oh, well, we know. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Rand has formed up all of his people for battle. Uh, he's being super arrogant throughout this whole thing. Uh, yeah. he, he's like, well, I'm just going to clean up these Shan Shan. Yeah. And, and so, so I guess the expo this kind of explains what he's doing here. The, the army, the soldiers per, are, are there for, as a buffer for the Ashaman who are kind of the real army, which I guess could yeah, be a exactly. good or a bad thing. Right. Yeah. That, it's, it's a little odd to me because Rand has not actually led a battle yet. That's true. Yeah, he's not Even a general. Even the big battle at Kyrian, he was sort of in an observation tower doing magic artillery. Yeah, Matt was running that as far, from a military perspective. Right, yeah. Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Do you think if so if you're so if you're a soldier, what do you think? Like, is it a good or a bad thing to have a bunch of murder wizards behind you? Because on the one hand, you have a bunch of murder wizards behind you, but on the other hand, you have a bunch of murder wizards behind you. <laughs> yeah, I think people here in general are anti murder wizard. Yeah. Um, but like if you're gonna fight a battle, like if your options are like get in there and cut and thrust and and maybe get stabbed in the gut. Or stand there and be bored for a while while a bunch of murder wizards tear apart your enemies. That seems like way better. Yeah, right? But but I guess like Weramon is not thrilled about the idea. And a couple of the others are like, no, we like to go charging in there. It makes us feel important. Right, yeah. But they're of the old school. Right. They're the same ones who think that the uh, the dragon riflemen or whatever are a bad idea. And you know. Yeah. So this whole chapter, this whole battle scene... Reminded me of the Civil War, which I don't know if that's what he was going for, but there were a lot of people in the Civil War that believed that a cavalry charge is the best way to win a fight, uh, and they would cavalry charge against artillery and just die. They just get blowed up. Yeah, that's true. The, the, yeah, in a, in a way, the Ashaman represent like modern weaponry, right? Yeah, that's. I'm thinking of them as artillery because mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what they are. You know, they 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 have. Against exposed formations, they have just unlimited power to kill as many people as they want. Yeah, for sure. So, it's, it, it, which means it's going to go real bad for the Shan Chan, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, the, so, Rand, once he's got his guys formed up, they teleport to a spot near Ibudar, where the Shan Chan are. And there's a nice moment with Bashir, and there's, there's this ancient statue, because this land is just lousy with ancient statues of a queen or something. And Bashir is like, you know, she was probably pretty important, probably probably pretty confident about winning lots of battles, right? Hint, uh-huh. hint. But now she's dead. Hint, hint. <laughs> and and probably not even the brown Aja remember what her name was, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which totally goes over Rand's head. Yeah, he doesn't right. get that. Yeah, and, and it's like this. That, why are you talking about history? We got a battle to fight, and I'm going to kill everybody in the whole world and win the war. You know, the more I read, the more I'm convinced that Rand is actually like full on mad right now. Like it's, it's, it's a little confusing. Yeah. I mean like Jordan writes this kind of inconsistently. Right. Cause I feel like it was that like three books ago, he was gibbering and killing random travelers. Right. Like that, that happened. And now he's crazy again, but there was some lucidity in between. Maybe he just has good days and bad days. I don't know. You know, I think it comes and goes. And I think uh, at least I believe that psychosis is, brought on or exacerbated by stress in real life. Uh-huh. So he, he's not, even if he, even if he is mad, like a madman's not mad 100% of the time. Yeah, that's true. So, so it's, yeah, maybe it's just like ebbs and flows kind of thing. Yeah. It seems like there's been a lot of madness going on right now, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as they show up, there's an assassination attempt by that guy that Rand met at the beginning of the book. Remember that guy? Yeah. Agan yeah. <laughs> yeah, Padros. Well, there are there have been a lot of names. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I had to go look him up because I was like, Agan Padros, who the fuck is that? I was like, Yeah, he's oh, that guy that Rand yeah. had a conversation with. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> that cool guy. He's the he's the guy who uh was leading the uh, Ilian rebels like two chapters ago or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And- but yeah. And now he shows up here and takes a, a bow shot at Rand. Yep, which is and- probably not great for Rand's mercy muscles. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, he, you know, he it it, it misses him. Luckily, thanks to mm-hmm. his Tavaren powers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the guy gets torn apart by magic. 
Yeah. And so, to me, it seems pretty obvious that this guy was sent by uh, those two jerkle Ashaman. Okay, so it wasn't just me. I was like conspiracy theory time, right? Because, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. um, Rochade, Rochad, Rochade, how do you say it? Rochade yeah. uh, exclaimed before he actually knew what was in the coin pouch. He was like, "Aha!" Grabs the coin pouch, opens it, throws it in his hand. Tarvalon coins. Yeah, and th- yeah, then he's all like, "Look, Tarvalon coins. That means it's the Aes Sedai who sent this guy after you. You'd better get those Aes Sedai." Says the guy who works for the dude who hates Isai. I know, right? I was like, did like did Tame send him with the express like order to try and foment discontent? Maybe, I, right? That's what I think. Yeah. Tame said, like, get Rand to to kill the Isadai. That's what I want. Even though Bashir's like, dude, everybody has those coins in their pockets right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He's like, I have a few. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone kind of looks around and's like, yeah, me too. God forbid he listened <laughs> to uh Bashir though. I, I know, he, right? I think he, yeah. No, I think he listened to Bashir in this case. I don't. He didn't seem like he he believed this guy was sent by the Aes Sedai to me, you know? Mm-hmm. He didn't seem to put much thought into this at all. He's like, eh, somebody took a pot shot at me. <laughs> it, it happens. happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> um, and so Rand is ready to do his plan. And then we get a cut to the Shanshan commander uh, who gets word from his dragons. Drakens, sorry, Rakens. Rockets. of they're basically dragons. of Rand's uh, approach. Yeah, which and is so. I mean, I guess that could be a bad thing, but they are totally unprepared for what he's got. Yeah, they're not ready. Uh, you know, these Rockhand, we we see them a bunch, and they they wriggle around, and they have like bat like wings. Are these supposed to be dragons? I think so. Right. Well, it's it's a, the only reason I wouldn't think so is because dragon is actually a thing in this world, right? It's like a th- the thing on Rand's flags and nobody looks at them and says, hey, that's that thing on Rand's flag. So based on the flags that we've seen, the dragon is like, first of all, highly stylized. And second of all, it's not that um, tradition of dragon, right? Like if you look at his, yeah. like on the cover of the book, you have a picture of his banner and it doesn't have wings. It's like, um, it's almost more of like an um, an Eastern style dragon where it's like long and slithering with like claws and like a mane. Whereas oh, okay. so, this is so more like these rock in or more like Western style wyverns. Exactly. That, that, that's my lizardy. impression. Mm-hmm. Lizardy. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. They're neat. But yeah, well, that, I thought the same thing. Like even rock in sounds like a little bit like a, like a bastardization dragon, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I just looked it up. The description of the dragon banner. It's, um, a figure like a serpent, scaled in scarlet and gold, with scaled legs and feet with five long golden claws on each, and a great head with golden mane and eyes like the sun. Yeah, so that we know that that is not what a rockin looks like. Yeah, right. definitely not. I'll, although you or I, if we were to see a rockin in real life, we might think, that's a dragon, you know? But yeah, not that kind. So, chapter 23, Fog of War, Storm of Battle. Icon of the Shanshan. <laughs> that's a pretty good chapter name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is good stuff, you know. I, I really like Robert Jordan's uh, battle scenes. Although I have to say, this chapter starts with with us missing a battle scene, which I was like, "Seriously, guys, come on!" That's my favorite part. <laughs> it's like, oh, we don't even get to see that battle. Yeah, Rand meets is starts out meeting with his nobles after the this uh, bloody victory uh, against those Shanshan. That happens, off and screen. the nobles are like, "Well, that was hardly sporting, was it? You just sort of popped them all." 
<laughs> and it's like, yep, <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, but they were surprised um, because there was a dominate there. Yeah. So it didn't go all 100% in their direction. In fact, Bashir seems to consider it something of a draw. Yeah, I mean, like, considering their numbers, it, they definitely could have done a better job with this, right? Like, the, the there was only one Damani there. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that Rand wasn't very prepared for Domini resistance. Because they know that Shanshan have battle channelers. They, they're they the first battle channelers in the world, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he seemed to think, like, he was just going to roll over these people with his channelers. They do have ways for dealing with this, too, right? Like, they have, they could shield, uh, he knows how to, I'm sure that, do, I don't know, do the, do you think that people from the Black Tower know how to shield uh, women channelers? I remember this being a, a little bit of a tricky thing, right? I don't know, actually. You know, it, Rand's always like, they're weapons. All they are is weapons. So maybe they can't. Yeah, maybe they never learned. Rand knows how to do it, at least. Yeah. Uh, this battle apparently was mostly decided by channeler artillery. Which... <laughs> just blasting each other. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as they're walking through the, the the blasted remnants of the battle, you could tell this had to be kind of a big, uh, yeah. a nasty fight. Rand's overconfidence is frustrating to me because he should know that the Shanshan have been fighting each other magically for centuries, at least. Yeah. Right? There's no... Like, they, they know how to use this. He's just figuring this out as he kind of goes along and using his insane madman memories. Well, do you think the, part of it is not so much overconfidence, but that he's just feeling super sick and crazy by the because of the power right now? Yeah, that's got to be a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah so he's every not time thinking he clearly, and he's almost giddy at times, it seems like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because... Uh, the they do have one advantage. Um, the Shanshan are used to fighting, used to fighting other uh, women channelers, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And that means what he has. Well, two things. First of all, they don't expect that there are going to be men men channeling at first, at least. Uh, and second of all, they can't see his weaves. That's right. So yeah, where which, if if it's yeah, too, I think that that probably tells you where the channeler is a lot of the time. Yeah, you can sense it, right? Like we, we they've said that they can sense when another, a woman can sense when another woman's channeling, sort of where she is. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, these Ashaman have been trained by the obvious Forsaken Mazram Tame. That's right. Uh, and so they cap- they do manage to capture a Soldan, but not the um, Demane, right? Yeah, the Demane dies. And they capture the Soldam, who absolutely freaks out when they say, he says he's going to give him, give her to the Aes Sedai. Yeah, she like makes a run for it. Which is, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. I mean, like, I, I actually think this is not a bad idea. I mean, I don't know what Egwene's crew is going to do with uh, a bunch of Soldam and Damani because they're way busted, right? Like, they're, they're people yeah. who are, like, messed up in, the mi- in their minds. Yeah, well, I, I, I think Egwene would probably put him in the ground. You think she'd just kill him? Yeah. It's... Yeah, she's, yeah, she's got a sore spot there, I think. Well, the Soldan, definitely, but the Damani? Uh, oh, the Damani? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Are you, what do you do? Just keep him shielded forever? Uh, I Or try and, like, put him through, like, magic counseling or something, right? Like, you need to basically, like, re- rebuild their view of the world because they've been enslaved for so long, their entire lives. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a problem they're going to have. <laughs> that's right. Either way, and, uh, 
they, they they will have trouble handing them over because the, the as far as the Shanshin are concerned, Aes Sedai are basically demons, right? Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they also they captured a bunch of Terabiners, which I thought that was this is interesting. I, I'm seeing all these parallels between Rand's coalition of people he's conquered uh-huh. and the Shanshan's coalition. Uh-huh. And these Terabiners are totally on the Shanshan side. Like they're they're giving the stink eye to their captors and they, they seem loyal to the Shanshan, even though they were just conquered, you know, a few months ago. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I understand why that is, honestly. Like like I understand why people might follow Rand because there's this like cultural prophecy that the dragon is this like this great person who's gonna lead them against the evil one, right? Like he he's essentially like Jesus to a bunch of them. I, I think it's like a fascism thing where they the Shanshin make the trains run on time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they, they talk about how they come in and this these places are all chaotic free market crap holes and then we we establish stoop kitchens and schools and we we put everybody into little boxes in the shanshan system and the shanshan system works and i and guess terrible was kind of a mess right yeah it it was right wasn't it is that is that where amathira was i think so i think that was where all the riots and all the like yeah it was it was i think it was pretty rough there but it's still it's like they got they got conquered and then they got absorbed and they just sort of became true believers really fast. Yeah, it, it is surprising to me. And whatever they're doing, Rand is not doing it because he's he's like trying to be a fascist, but he's so bad at it. <laughs> be a better fascist. Egwene's got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen to Egwene. Or better yet, don't. She's dangerous. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, after this victory, they're like, I guess we're going to keep at it, right? Like they're not yeah. done. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then we get a, a little cutscene from a Shanshan Death Watch general who's leading a detachment. And we see it from the other side of a detachment of, of Shanshan soldiers that get s- surprised and destroyed by Rand's uh, Ashaman. Yeah, they're, they're just tra- they're just moving along kind of in their camp. And like everything's going fine. And then all of a sudden just stuff starts exploding and they have no idea what's going on and people are running away and that's the end. They've lost the battle. Yeah. We keep seeing this trend where they'll show us like a chunk of like a Shanshan like thing. And then like the next thing is like, Oh, and they're dead now. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> they, they we, we meet the Shanshan, they introduce some new names. It's like, I don't think I need to learn these names. It's probably fine. I wonder why mm. he's been, why we get so many like small flashes to from Ch- Shanshan perspective in these chapters. I think he likes the Shanshan. Yeah. Not, ne- not necessarily he admires them, but there's so much detail put into the Shanshan culture. Mm-hmm. I think he enjoys yeah, it. it. It's probably something kind of new. For, I mean, he's the Shanshan have been around for a long time, but he doesn't get to write about them a lot and they are so different. I guess he does enjoy that. Yeah, he put yeah. a lot of work into developing their culture and their hierarchy. It's like it of all of the different civilizations, they might get the most like detail just because it's so different than the way that everything else is structured. Yeah. Speaking of that, we get an interesting little side note. I don't, I don't think it's important, but the Death Watch guard guy is thinking to himself uh, about the Ogier and Shan Chan. There are mm-hmm. Ogier gardeners there. I just thought that was interesting. They're they're Ogier and Shan Chan as well. I wonder yeah, which, if of course they, there are right they're, they're they've got steadings everywhere right I guess so yeah so do you think that they were there in Shanchen before the uh I guess they would have been there before the before, before the waste it? got corrupted right yeah 
Yeah, yeah. So the waves might go to Shanshan, right? Oh, does well, it like go? I mean, I know they're magical, but just the idea of them like being under the ocean is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, and the, apparently the Ogier in Shanshan have some kind of deal with the Empress. Like they work for her, but they're not slaves, which is nice. Probably the, the Ogier like don't care about the Shanshan Empress. But that was probably. my thinking is like, they're, they, they're so removed from everything that they probably don't give a shit about the Shanshan any more than they do about the humans on, you know, this side. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to Rand, who's overseeing a valley where some battle is going on, but he can't see what's going on. And it's frustrating. And at this point, it has been five days of battle. Uh, just going back and forth, because as we knew, the Shanshan were scattered in outposts and, and detachments all throughout this whole area. Mm-hmm. And and Rand is using his teleporting powers to move at lightning speed. It's kind of like um, uh, in Vietnam, the, uh, the what do they call it? The air cavalry? Um, Paratroopers. Or... The, the helicopter thing, the, the strategy they tried to use against the Viet Cong, where they would le- use helicopters to leapfrog detachments of infantry to try and catch up with them and prevent them from being able to, to move. And, and uh, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, it, and, and it's, it's been pretty effective, I'd say, because the, they're, the Shanshan are un, unable to uh, protect, defend themselves against it. Cause it's, yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they have time. no idea what's going on. Yeah. Even the ones who know that there's, that Rand is out there, they're like, Oh, we'll be fine for three days. And all of a sudden he's there. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they're still Rand is like he has a list in his head of, of woman names and now he has a collection of women because he's collecting the Suldam that he still doesn't really know what he's going to do with. And yeah, he's just got a bunch of them. There's kind of a funny moment when uh, Rand learns the hazards of keeping Shanshin Chandler prisoners because he's like, oh, let this Damani go. And she immediately starts killing everyone around her and <laughs> until they can get mm-hmm. a shield on her because he's like, oh, wait, they are not uh, they they're not OK. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's it raises the question again: How what are they going to do with these people if you can't even talk to them? Right, they'll go crazy on a murder rampage. Yep. And, but he can't kill them because you can't kill ladies. That's yeah. right. And 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 killing the Demani is like, I I'm not okay with that exactly because they're it's not their fault, right? Like they're not they're not hurting anyone on purpose. They're literally well, enslaved, right? And they've been brainwashed. Exactly. I would say all these Shanshan people have been brainwashed, right? Even the Suldam have been are are part of this like hierarchical system. Yeah, and I and they don't. Think you know, that, I kind of think you shouldn't kill them either. I I honestly think they all need therapy. <laughs> like they need to set, <laughs> like they need to they need to set up like a school for recovering Suldam and Damani because they're both in their own way victims of the system. Because Suldam are Chandlers too, right? Like right, they don't yeah. know that, it, but that seems like the thing to do for them is just like. Teach them how to channel. Like, yeah. look, <laughs> that's how it. Be, that's how it be. Yeah. So this campaign is not going as well as Rand thought it would. Yeah. Uh, they, they've had a lot of casualties, and there's been really bad terrain. Which, duh. I know, right? It's just like these these rocky lands with like forests and stuff. It's you can't see what's you can't see an army that's like five miles away. I think he says something like that. So it's like, it's it's it's, it's rough. Yeah, but but they are achieving their objectives, and. Then Rand, as he's surveying this area, is surprised by a division that of, of soldiers that comes out of nowhere, and he catches an arrow in the arm and is helpless for a while. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because like a bunch of people have warned him about this. Like it, literally before this happened, 
there were two of his Ashaman with him who are like, are you sure we should leave you alone? He's like, I'm fine. And Bashir, like a scene before was like, look, you need to make sure you've got some people with you because, you know, you have this habit of standing on hills and looking over the, <laughs> the land around you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wearing your golden cloak and your crown of thorns and on your giant horse. Could you just stop standing on top of things? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but he's helpless for a while because the arrow has kind of knocked him off his horse and he's in shock. He's rescued by these two ladies and their armies that rescued? he's kept with him. Like, yeah, semi-rescued. Well, I mean, he he's about to get rowed down by the enemies when, like, their retainers come and plow into the enemies, like, 50 yards away. Uh, and then as he's laying there, it's pretty clear that one of the ladies, at least, is thinking about just knifing him. Yeah, they're totally thinking about shanking him until... And they're, <laughs> and they're kind of talking about it with each other. And like, like one of them is just like, you know, we could just knife him. I hate this guy. And the other one's like, you know, I think he can hear us. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like, I mean, he should have seen this coming. He literally surrounded himself with an army of people who kind of hate him. Yeah. And uh, then Bashir... Uh, his division comes in to to finish off the fighting and, and do the final rescue. And, and as soon as Bashir shows up, like the ladies literally put their knives away. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, never mind. And it turns out that Weramon let this division through. Weramon was the one supposed to be covering the flank. That's right. So yeah. do you think that was on purpose by Weramon or is he really just that stupid? It's hard to say. I mean, like he, he says, oh, I thought I saw some people and I went chasing at the, after them, which is pretty believable for Weramon. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you can. I guess it's possible Rand's underestimated him, right? Yeah, uh, but then they get some word from the scouts that the Shanchan are retreating. Uh, they have officially won this mountain campaign. And Bashir's like, "Let's go home, man. We did right, it. Yeah, we did <laughs> what we what we came here to do." And all the other lords, the stupid ones and the evil ones, are like, "No, no, no! Let's keep going. Let's go all the way to Ibudar." So Rand's like. Well, my wound is healed and I'm doing great. Yeah, so it's it's go time. Let's go attack Ibudar. And makes an obviously bad decision. Yeah, it's it's funny because there's a... Luz Theron gets a good closer here at the end of this chapter. He says, <laughs> I wouldn't mind you in my head if you weren't so clearly mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am kind of liking Luz Theron in this book. Yeah, I like him better than Rand. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, yeah. it's been a while since we've Some, liked Rand, though, to be fair. That's a good point. Mm. Sometimes it's, I feel like Luz Theron is my voice in Rand's head. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you should definitely kill that guy. I'm like, you should definitely kill that guy. <laughs> yeah, you should kill that guy. You should kill all these guys. And, uh, you know, it's noticeable because when it comes to characters, Robert Jordan almost always, his characters are almost always binary in terms of like, are they, they're honest and smart and good at their jobs or are they scheming snivelers who are idiots? Yeah. You know, he doesn't do a lot of gray area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Rand is taking the advice of the stupid people. Yep. And the, like even Weirman or, or Torian or whatever, none of them are, you know, that guy's a schemer, but he's really good in battle, you know? And it's interesting because Rand even knows that, right? Like he, he, he spent, you know, an entire chapter, like, talking about how Weramon was so fucking stupid, right? And now yeah. he's going to take his advice? Come on, man. Yeah, this should be the red flag. Yeah. If Weramon advises it, you should probably do the opposite. Yeah. But uh, I think it's pretty clear that Rand is mad at this point. I yep. would like to see a point of view from outside Rand just to see how he's, how, what his demeanor is like. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder why we don't get any of those, because especially in the next chapter, we get a lot of different points of view. Yeah, I yeah. like a Bashir chapter. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, chapter 24, A Time for Iron, Icon of the Dragon. So we get another Shan Shan POV, this time from a big old general type who's like of the blood, which means he gets to paint his pinkies. Yeah. His pinky nails. <laughs> just the pinkies. So fancy. Yeah, yeah. just the pinkies. Because he's not marker. too much of the blood. And he is kind of up a creek because he doesn't know what's going on with Rand's traveling. And his scouts are telling him that Rand is everywhere, right? Troops are everywhere. He thinks there's like a million guys out there and they're coming from all directions. Yeah, this is really uh, interesting to me because like he's because yeah. this is like a I, I don't think Rand realized this benefit. But as as uh, this general was marking uh, having his, you know, under lieutenants or whatever, marking the map, I was like, he thinks there's like 90,000 dudes on all these places. And that's mm-hmm. really to Rand's advantage, you know? Right. Yeah. This is, this was Rand's plan is they, they're going to use mobility and be everywhere effectively. Yeah. You know what? It also reminds me of the, the Blitzkrieg, the Nazi Blitzkrieg. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Where they, their plan was basically just to keep moving because they, they were able to move with their tanks. So they would just, they just rolled on and on and on. And once they defeated the first defensive line, they were able to just turn, roll the whole thing up like dominoes because no one was really prepared for them to just keep attacking because usually you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of exactly what Rand's been doing. He's been he's been striking them at a at such a pace that, well, first of all, he teleported into the mountains and they were, uh, we've had a couple different leaders say, there's no way he could be there. We have guarding, we're, we're guarding all the ways in, but Rand teleported past all those people. So he like, he had, had attacked a, an unprotected flank essentially. And now he's yeah. just like cleaning them up, you know? Yeah. So great, great job, Rand. Yeah. And this guy I actually did remember this guy's name, uh, this Shanshan general, because it reminded me of Nicki Minaj. <laughs> His name is Mirage. <laughs> Nicki Mirage. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Hi Lady Surath visits our yeah. old foe. Yeah. Uh, and she's got Leandrin there as her servant. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, damn, Leandrin's so Leandrin went from leading the like this this contingent of the Black Aja to being like a slave for some lord who was, I guess, abusive or something like oh, that. Oh right? yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Mogedian put her in like a mind trap or something. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she tried to do the the mind control trick on Mogedian. Mogedian was like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you and adorable? That was in Ibu. Was that that was in Terabon, right? But the Shanshan had conquered there. I see. I exactly. See. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 th- we don't. I guess this must happen off screen, essentially. But but she was the the handmaiden or scullery maid at some lord's manor, and then the Shanshan rolled in and captured everything. And I, I guess, uh, well, the well, the lord, the the lord that she was in the household of, they were dark friends. Yeah, and so is and so is High Lady Suroth. So yeah. I, they probably got connected through dark friend channels. That makes sense. Yeah, and I guess High, High Lady Suroth knows who she is. Yeah, yeah, she knows her, her real name and that she can channel. Although, who can she actually channel? Because Mogedi put that shield on her. She can't channel right now. Yeah, Mogedi. I remember it was something like, like I don't remember the exact wording, but Mogedi basically said, "I could like still you, but I want you to be able to feel it there and and." And it's, it's like a torture. It's like, I want you to always be thinking that there's a chance that you'll undo it, but I, it's impossible, you know? Right. Anyway, so uh, Surath clues in Mirage about the r- traveling that Rand's doing. Yeah. And <laughs> says it's not it's not a million guys. It's not 90,000 guys. It's like 
5,000 guys and they're just moving around really fast. And Nikki Mirage is like, man, she knows so much. I wonder how she has all this information. It's like, because she's a fucking dark friend, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Surath orders him to kill all of Rand's Ashimana soldiers. And he's uh, like, that's what I was going to do. <laughs> I was going to do that anyway, but okay. So then we cut to Rand and Rand is moving into battle 50,000 Shan Chen with his like 5,000 guys that he has. Which is a terrible idea. I mean, like I get it. He has the Ashaman and that's been a, a pretty big advantage. Like one Ashaman can handle a bunch of soldiers, but but they have the Demane and they, like you mm-hmm. said, Jeff, they've been fighting other wizards for a long time. Yeah. I If they only had like one or two Demane, maybe this plan would work. Yeah. But it, it is a bad plan. Yeah, I think he said they have like over 20 Demani or something like that. Yeah, but we will find out as we know what, what Rand's actual final plan is. Well, oh, there's another interesting thing that's happening here. Um, all of the Demani are sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it's, and uh, yeah, as, as Rand got close to Ebudar, like the, the channeling is weird. The, yeah. the, the side in is weird. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this. It has to be the Weather Bowl. I don't know what else yeah, it could be. be. Yeah. I mean, my only other thought is when like Elaine and Avienda like created those bombs out of the power, but I don't think that's it. I think it's the weather bowl. Yeah. I think it's the weather bowl. Cause that, that sort of went everywhere. Yeah. And it was right after that. It was when I think it was Elaine or somebody was saying Sidar feels weird. Yeah. Elaine, when Elaine was trying to do the unweaving herself, she was like, Sidar was acting really weird. And like, it was like, jerking oh, yeah. in my hands and stuff like that so that's yeah. right yeah and so, so i was thinking it's because the magic had just gone all over everywhere yeah but i guess it's like whatever they did is still working here and it's working at some kind of real fundamental level like it's not necessarily humidity or something mm-hmm. like I, I was saying it was like humidity they made this giant weave that that changed that moisture constant of the air and that's how they're changing the temperature mm-hmm Although now that I think about it, maybe it is that thing that I was mentioning where there's they're all inside some incredibly giant flows right now that they yeah. just can't see because they're so big and they're inside them. Mm-hmm. And there's they're like crossing the streams all the time when they channel. I was yeah, I was thinking of like if if that's the case, then it could be that uh, that even the women are feeling the effects of the taint at this point because it's in everything, right? Like it's oh. like oh, so it yeah, could be maybe, like poison right? a little bit because you know. Because the, the bowl used side in. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Use both, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, if the if our chapter pattern from before holds, then we've got some bad news for late, High Lady Suroth because uh, the last two shots that we had a chapter <laughs> with, they were super dead. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, it's it was like the here's this Shanshan guy, and then like they cut to Rand blowing that guy up. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, so so uh, speaking of this whole like. This weird, um, this weird weave thing. Dashiva is the one who points it out to Rand in this kind of weird scene because Dashiva is obviously like usually out of it and just like talking to himself, and suddenly he's like incredibly lucid and very knowledgeable about the one power, and is like, "This, this is so forsaken." Seriously, so, like even even Rand is at Rand, one point. Rand's like, "I've been channeling longer than you," and Dashiva is like, "What you little uh." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm aware you how have... long you've been channeling. Yes. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, he's clear. He doesn't act like Dashiva at all for this one moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I thought that was kind of funny. But, but Rand is like, ah, it's not important. He's like, oh, yeah, Sidon is acting funny. That just makes it better. It's even better to fight with. And she was like, uh, all right, you man. You sounded kind of manic, you know, like almost bipolar or just manic. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, it de- it's definitely like uh, something happening with him. So uh, we see their order of battle with uh, Ashaman in front. They're going to split into five groups and surround their their enemies with the Ashaman and, and just blast them all. Yep. There's a bunch of politics still going on with the lords and ladies. Um, yeah. Particularly the those two ladies uh, who we're worried about. It feels a little bit like Rand's army could be falling apart a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah, like they're they're they've been fighting for five days and things will be going okay, but when things start going bad, I don't trust these people to do anything well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these people might just desert. Rand gets a message: uh, the Shanchen are close, and they have a whole bunch of Domini. Uh, which at this point, you know, they they know that the plan, you know, is not is not going to be a pushover like they thought it was. But Rand says, "Nope, we're going forward with it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, gonna take out Ebudar with this tiny army. Yeah, and then we get a, a little cutscene with that Shanshan general, uh, Nikki Mirage, and <laughs> he gets some intel on Rand because Rand has intel on him with his teleporting guys, but he's got intel from those flying guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he, he knows this guy's good. Yeah, yeah. He, this is a, this is like a legit general, and and I think he mentions he got something like twenty five years or thirty five years of military experience fighting rebels with Damani sometimes. Right. Yeah. I think he said something like, "I I fought like close to ha- two dozen fights against other Damani." Right, and so he's 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 marching into battle, and he's he knows what he's doing. Yep. But even even with that. The Ashaman are, I, I suppose, still stronger, right? Like these are, because of the way that channeling and the, and the power works, like they are technically able to overpower Damani. I wonder, uh, like men are supposedly, they're on average, more they're stronger. Right. And they j- tend to be stronger with earth and fire, which are the things you use a lot mm-hmm. in right. fighting. Mm-hmm. But it's not the case in Shanchan that they've been like culling out Wait, is it the case? Actually, I don't know. Is it the case in Shanshan? Have they been culling out men who can channel the way that people in Randland have been doing? Do they ever mention it? Ever? I don't I think don't they know. do. I, I know that I know that male channelers are still like a a faux pas or whatever. Like I know that the idea of men channeling freaks out the Shanshan the same way it does because they don't have yeah they channeling is evil. And as far yeah. as there, there are no male Demani, so it's got to be something they're doing. But have they, do they breed them? I guess, which is the thing that you might do. Do they make them like, uh, like they 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 could gentle them and then just like breed them? Like that's the thing. Yeah, but yeah. It, you know, if they'd done something like that, then the you would expect the Demani to be really strong. That's true. To to my knowledge, I don't think we've read anything about that, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really enjoying this. I'm glad. I like having Rand and the Black T- and the Black Tower fighting them versus when they were fighting the Shido, because it's like with the Shido, it was so one sided. But here, like the Shanchen, they have um, they have intel from their air creatures, so like they know mm-hmm. things. They 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 have advantages that the Shido never had, which I think makes it more interesting and more compelling. Right. It's it's interesting you mentioned that because there's another thing that happens uh, here. Like 
there's a there's a cut to Rand, and uh, he mentions, or I don't know, he doesn't mention this, but the Ashamans seem like they are getting apprehensive. Mm-hmm. Like this is the worst thing that they've ever faced. Like usually they're going into fights where they feel like gods, right? Yeah. But now they're just soldiers. Like they're soldiers fighting other soldiers who have the same capabilities that they do, and and it's a very different thing. Like those. Um, Oh, I can't remember the name of it. What's his, uh, the storm leader's name? Do you remember? Oh, Gedwin. Gedwin. Yeah. Gedwin is, is off to the side and, and he's like scared and trying to get his Ashman under control. It seems like they're getting ready to like bolt. Mm, yeah. It might be because of the, the channeling being weird too. Uh, could be and also because they're all insane. Also that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. This is the first time they've just been through this boot camp that's you know tried to reconfigure their personalities and turn them into weapons right so this is what happens when somebody likes that like that actually meets resistance for the first time yeah it's it's mm. it's it's definitely a different a different thing but but either way this is not going the way they would like either yeah so then we get a whole series of scenes of battle which are super awesome oh so good we get some Kyrianan guy who's with a uh, Weramon who they get joined in battle and blown up with uh, the Shanshan. And then we see a Shanshan running around like a messenger trying to make it through the battle to get his message through. And uh, that one of the Shanshan realizes that, or finds out that, that one of the, their Domine has accidentally fried a bunch of their own troops accidentally yeah. because yeah. the channeling is so weird. Uh, and Bashir is using tactics from the Trolloc Wars, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, which is he says this this is what we did back when the Trolloc Wars when we were so heavily outnumbered all the time. Which is like guerrilla tactics, basically, right? Exactly. Like hit and run, you know, lure them into traps and then abandon the trap as soon as you can. Yeah, this this whole this whole part made me think about the terrain that they're fighting in. So they're they're fighting in this olive grove, right? Like, I guess Rand selected this as their 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 fighting ground. And it's probably a good choice, given that this is the only way that they're able to deal with what is, what, like, 20 times their number or something like that? No, it's mm-hmm. 10 times. I think they had, like, 40 or 50,000 Shan yeah. against their five. But uh, but it's not going super well. Like, they, they can't see who they're fighting. They can't see where the enemies are. It's, like, chaotic and, and terrible. Yeah. Yeah, we find out a little bit later that what the the clever Shanshan general, Nicky Mirage has done yeah. is like, as soon as he realizes he's about to be encircled, uh, he spreads out all of his enemy, his guys so that they can't be contained and, and killed all at once. Yeah. Which creates this like world of hurt for everybody because it's just chaos everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And, and at this point, Bashir is like telling him where we should get out of here because yeah. he, cause I think, I think Bashir knows that they can, continue to fight this but but essentially like everyone's gonna die right yeah it's it's like a, it's kind of a stalemate like if we stay here we all die we don't get what we want yeah and that's what this general is doing yeah. um i wanted to note also that the the legion men i really like these guys they the fight legion? like civil war soldiers yeah uh-huh. they remind me of all the like the old pictures uh of of like the civil war era where they would they would hide behind anything like a tiny a tiny scrap of brush or something yeah and and shoot there with their crossbows. Yeah, they're they, essentially they like musket men, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they're they they move like infantry, but they fight like irregulars. It's very cool. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's, you know, this is Matt, right? Like, this is 
a remnant of Matt's training kind of sticking with Rand. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah even, so- even though Bashir tells him to retreat, Rand is like not listening. And again, Bashir is the kind of person you should listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You brought this guy in because he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but Rand's got another plan. He whips out Kalendor. I mean, we've been bitching about him not using it for forever, so. Right. I, I yeah. know, right? It's, here's, uh, here's, I mean, you know. Here's Sorry, a question. Why did he send Narishma to get it? Why didn't he just travel and get it himself? Because if he traveled, somebody might notice him there. Oh, okay. Or might yeah. notice that he was gone, and then they would know he had it, or something. I think it's about the element of surprise. I think you're right, but oh. yeah, no, it 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 was a a weird choice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the sword that Rand never wanted to use because it's too powerful, and you know, <laughs> I yeah. guess there's something to that. Indeed, because he he takes the sword and he just lets loose. He. He gets this super god complex as soon as he starts channeling through this thing and says, I can do anything. I can kill anybody. And uh, he brings down an incredible amount of lightning from the sky everywhere. And he gets immediately almost knocked down from his horse and knocked down on the ground. And it's Bashir that did it because apparently he was frying everybody. Yep. Like He called in artillery on his own position. Mm. Yep. And uh, this is why they kill men who can channel. Because mm-hmm. this is how the world got broken, right? If you want to break the world, this is how you break the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's it's unclear how long he was actually doing this, but it seems like it was like five seconds he was doing this. Mm. Yeah. Before Bashir stopped him. And uh, yeah, he f- just fried the whole valley. He killed everybody for like miles and miles around. Not everybody, but like killed people for miles and miles around. Yeah. And, and I guess at this point, he accepts Bashir's like, Bashir's like, we lost, you know, this is like, this, this is done. Let's get out of here. Yeah. And, and Rand is like, oh crap, I lost. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. It's ironic. Cause it, yeah, it cuts to the, the, the Shan Shan, uh, whose general is dead yep. and they are fleeing and they're, they're thinking we lost. So this is, this is kind of interesting, right? So both sides lost this fight. Yeah. Nuclear war, man. That's right. Mutually assured destruction. This is why you like don't the use only the way, big red button. The, the only the only answer is not to go to war with anybody that has channelers because this could happen. Yeah. Even yeah. if you have channelers yourself. Especially if one of them is the Dragon Reborn with a magic sword. Right. The calendar sword. Yeah, the calendar sword. You use it every day of the month. <laughs> right. It tells you what day it is. It's time to die. <laughs> the day you die. It just says that every time. <laughs> it's a good day to die. So I had a I wondered about this. You know, I've, I've said that I think Luz Theron Telemann is not actually some uh, disembodied spirit. It's actually Rand's madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm starting to think it's Rand's anxiety. Oh, yeah? Because it seems like Luz Theron Telemann always is in a different mood than Rand is. It's always in kind of like the opposite mood. Like, yeah. Luz Theron, this whole time, Luz Theron Telemann has been in this kind of sardonic negative mood as Rand has been getting manic and, like, expansive and then here when Rand is brought down to earth uh, by this terrible tragedy that he's caused Luz Theron is in a really good mood he's really upbeat and chipper yeah that's interesting so I'm also, wondering if it's just yeah it's just sort of Rand's I don't know the part of Rand's mind that's always sort of pulling him down or working against him I don't know 
He's introduced, Rand has also introduced a new term for things that he's feeling. He calls the dreads, which is like, I think it's his anxiety. So I wonder if those things are related. Like around the time Luz Theron came back, he started experiencing what he calls the dreads. <laughs> That's a good sign. Yeah, I know, right? So uh, on on the subject of Deshiva, who is Deshiva, who is definitely a forsaken, oh, I want to read 100%. you something. Yeah, page five forty nine. <clears throat> Rand says, "Nobody stands nose to nose with a dragon reborn. The forsaken could tell him that. Whoever he is, right, Flynn? Deshiva? Flynn nodded uncertainly. Deshiva flinched. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Deshiva flinched and said, "Wait, how did you know that I'm a?" I mean, I'm oh, just crazy old Deshiva. <laughs> oh, crazy old Deshiva talking to myself again. You know how that goes. <laughs> so uh, let's go to the mailbag. The oh, virtual mailbag. right. Well, we've so, got yeah, a couple We don't actually things. have a mailbag. We printed it out, actually. We printed out the mails and then we put them in a bag so that Alice could take them out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to actually write us a physical letter, uh, I would say, how did you get our address? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, you can write us a physical letter, take a picture of it, and then email it to us at hello at thedragonbeard.com. <laughs> well, we've got a couple things. We've got one piece of mail to discuss, and we have some news about casting for the Wheel of Time series that we need to talk about. Oh, boy, oh, that's oh boy. Exciting. So what do you guys want to do first? Uh, let's do the casting. Let's do yeah. casting. Okay. So it has been announced that Lan has been cast. And Jeff, I'm especially excited to hear from you because of your massive man crush on Lan. It Wait, is, but how how could they have cast him? Like he's he's impossibly good. <laughs> I thought they were just going to do a CGI character like the Hulk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it is um, Daniel Henney. He was on Criminal Minds. I'd actually never heard of him before, um, but he is a Korean American, and he's done a number of mm-hmm. Korean soap operas. Um, and funnily enough, he, his U.S. TV debut was in a drama called Three Rivers. What? I know, right? <laughs> so. It was meant to be. From the three to the two. Okay. I'm looking at pictures of this guy now and he's smiling at at least half these pictures. He's yeah, also. Just as, completely unlandlike. He's too as handsome. We know, yeah. It is canon that number one. Uh, Lan's face is sculpted from craggy stone, and number two, Lan's yeah. muscles have his smile muscles have atrophied, so he can never smile again. <laughs> right? Yeah, because any time spent smiling is time wasted that he could be killing the the dark ones, the fighting the bride of death, like a bride suits a suitor maiden, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what they should have done is they should have casted just like a pet rock as Lan. You know, like what are they, from the nineteen eighties? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he, I'm sure he'll do a good job. Yeah, I bet uh, he will. It's just, but it, you're right that he's too handsome. Like, you know, we have all those things where, you know, Nynaeve says, I'm in love with Lan and people are like, him? Yeah, he's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. And I think casting um, an Asian American actor is an interesting choice too, because we've talked before about how Lan seems to follow a lot of Eastern philosophy and his like sword fighting uses a lot of forms that, um, sound sound help me out here they oh, they please. sound kind of zen poetry like mm-hmm. yeah. japanese poetry like yeah yeah so so that's something I, I was wondering you know the the all land is from the borderlands and most of the borderlands are presented with a lot of asian tropes you mm-hmm. know 
yeah, sort of mix and matched, you know, yeah. uh, in that Robert Jordan style. So this guy is Malkiri. Are they going to cast uh, other Korean actors, Korean American actors, as the other um, Borderlanders? Yeah. I mean, they're right? going to have to, right? Well, that's I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how Robert Jordan would have thought of it. You know, there's like this is this is the the ethnic group of the Borderlanders, right? Yeah. yeah. And I read and, somewhere, I have no idea if it's true or not, but somebody said that Robert Jordan said that Malkier was Nepal. Oh, oh. interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's interesting. But what's also interesting is, um, I mean, there's been, like, are the Emmons Field people, are they going to be dark-skinned? Like, how is that going to work out? Yeah, well, actually, they, they have cast uh, several of them, apparently, and they uh, mixed the the races on them, mm, cool. right? Uh, Perrin is a black actor and Rand is a white actor. Or at least they look that way from these pictures. Well, are the um, other Emmons Fielders black, though? Um, Nynaeve appears to be, uh, but Egwene is not. Mm. And Matt is not. So I think they just, you know, did a the modern thing and just cast, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. People to fit the the body type and stuff. Yeah. I mean, because it's like, who cares? I'm totally in favor of that. But also, so yeah, that's my question, right? If they're casting, are they going to try and cast uh, people who look like this guy who's a Malkiri, a Korean American for the Borderlanders, or are they going to keep doing all this cross-casting thing for everybody? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. But after, but um, I mean, they're going to treat it Hamilton style. You know, just kind of put in whoever's yeah. best for whatever role. Which I'm in favor of. Yeah, for sure. Same. I think it'll be cool. Oh, okay. And so we got a letter from one of our fans. And the question was, if you had to spend the day hanging out with three characters from the series, not necessarily at the same time, so they don't have to get along, who would they be? Oh, this is super easy. I know. I know. <laughs> Do we want to say them at the same time? Well, let's see. Number one. One, one, two, two three. three. Matt. Matt. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. Second one. One, two, three. Tom. Loyal. Oh. Oh. I want to change my answer. Good. I want to change my answer. Though. You want to change your answer <laughs> wait, to Tom? <laughs> wait, who, who did you say? Loyal. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. I'd want to hang out with Loyal. It's not as good as that's Tom, though. Choice. Like, Tom is a party in no. a cloak. No, no. You're right. Tom is Tom is a better answer to Loyal. He's I just I want to change my answer to, Loyal, to Tom. <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah. Are we ready for a third? Well, I i mean, my third's going to be... I've already said my third. Okay. Okay, uh, no, no. Jeff? Hold on. Let me think about this. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Okay. You got it? On three? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, sorry. After three? Okay. One, two, three. Brigida. Well, Grendel. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who did you say, Ella? Sorry. Birgit. Oh, Birgitta. Birgitta. That's a really good one. Birgitta. Yeah, whatever it is. Maybe I'll change mine. I I want to get drunk with her and Matt. Absolutely. You're totally right. Oh, and you know, if Tom's there too, that's just a party. Oh, man. She may may have just pushed Loyal off the list. No, you're totally right. Like, the best best hangout is the three of them together going drinking with Birgitta, Matt, and Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That'd be such a good time. That would be the party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's it for this episode next time we're going to cover chapters 25 through 27 of path of daggers i am jeff lake that's at jeff underscore lake on twitter 
I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. And I'm Micah Sparkman. I don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. (laughs) (laughs) And we might answer you on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.